Hey there, you're listening to Make New Friends, a weekly podcast about the trials and tribulations found in the realm of friendship. We're your hosts, Mary Aikman and Sienna Mooney. Let's make new friends! Woo! Yes! I would say good morning, but it might not be morning wherever you're listening. But it's definitely morning for me. <laughs> and it's afternoon for me. Uh, Cece gets the lucky end of this bargain. Well, in some ways. <laughs> I guess, yeah. But today we're going to be talking about whether or not opposite personality types attract in friendship. And I think that opener is a pretty good segue. You know, you're in the morning, I'm in the afternoon, we're in different countries. Oh, true. <laughs> we're kind of opposites in many ways. Yeah. I don't know if any of those ways are like... What we're going to be talking about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. I mean, no, maybe not. Mm, probably not, no. We're going to be talking about mostly about personalities um, and interests. I think interests and things that you value is is pretty much like the crux of it. Would you agree? Mm, yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, so, Sienna. Mary. Do opposites attract, do you think? Mm, you know, initially, before doing the research for this episode, I would have said mm, no. But after, like, looking into it a bit, I think that they can – but it really depends on how they interact with each other. Personally, I feel like a lot of my friends or the people that I admire are very similar to me in many ways. Like we share the same sort of values or we like a lot of the same things. I wouldn't necessarily consider starting up a friendship with someone if they had nothing in common with me, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you think? Um, well, I haven't read the research yet, but from my initial, like, gut reaction, I would say no. Mm. Mostly because I would say that, like, most of my friends are pretty similar to me. Maybe not, like, personality-wise. Like, I think, well, if we're going to talk about personalities, it I think there's definitely room for it. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to interests, like you said, or the things that we do, I think those Maybe I should like backtrack and like think of it as like it's hard to kind of quantify or like pin down because you could meet someone and you're like, oh, this person's cool. Um, we both like Harry Potter, but later on in the friendship or like early on in the friendship, I guess, you learn that they like ice skating and you've never ice skated in your life. But then like four years later, you're still friends. But because you're friends with them, you've learned how to ice skate. Exactly, yeah. So you don't, like, when you're in the middle of a friendship, it's hard to really, like, pin down and say, oh, wait, did we have, like, different interests and now we've been brought together because we're friends? Or is it that we still have different interests and I just, like, deal with it, you know? Yeah. Hmm. That's an interesting point. I think, um, like, when you become friends with a person – a lot of the time you end up adopting the same qualities or sharing a lot of the same characteristics over time. Mm-hmm. I know I had, I've had so many friends in the past where we ended up pretty much like sounding the same in the yeah. cadence that we spoke. So that was, I think, probably the most notable instance of like, homogeneity between us you know um to use a really big word cashing in on those vocab points that's a good word that's a good word uh and I think like that's to a certain level expected in a friendship but I think we've also touched on this in the past like if your friend is making you into a a worse person Mm, yeah maybe like they're not a good friend so I think it's kind of like a, a tricky situation to be in because like On the one hand, you're becoming closer to them, but, you know, in some instances, you might be moving further away from your own personal viewpoint. Yeah. But it really, I think, can depend on you as a person. And if you think it's like a good step forward or like a bad step backwards, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which... You're not going to really know in the moment. Right. So <laughs> hindsight is twenty twenty. Yeah. I think we've already kind of nailed down that it's it's going to be like fluid, I suppose. Yeah. And that. 
it's not always like cut and dry. Right. And even though like I said no and you kind of said yes, like mm-hmm. that's like where we are now. You know, like in five minutes yeah. I could be like, you know, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Maybe after like we cover some of the research, you'll be like, hmm, actually, I, I take it all back. Yeah. The answer is yes. <laughs> um, when it comes to political points of view, do mm-hmm. you think that opposites can attract in a friendship? I mean, yes, but in this current political climate. OK, <laughs> again, <laughs> It's not cut and dry. Yeah. As it always will be. Because when you first meet someone, you don't necessarily know their political views. Right. So say you've just become friends with Sharon. Uh Uh-huh. Sorry. I'm just thinking of a Sharon. That would be like a Trump supporter. I'm like, yeah, she would. Her name is Sharon. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) So you just meet Sharon and you guys get along great. You like hang out all the time and you just haven't ever brought up politics you're you're never in front of a newscast okay you're never on twitter together whatever oh right 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 like maybe we work at the same company or something like that right so you get along great and then all of a sudden you are in front of like cnn like you're at dinner together at the local barbecue joint Uh And CNN is on and she starts complaining about the fake news Mm -hmm. and how CNN is the worst. And this is like a whole different side of her you've never seen. Wow. What do you do then? Like you've all of a sudden learned that she's a Trump supporter. But up until this moment, you've like really liked her. Mm. Mm. It's kind of a weird situation. Yeah. Very tense. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Anyone that – most of the people, actually, let me retract that. Most of the people that I know that are Trump supporters, when I found out that they were Trump supporters, like, I was almost immediately okay with saying, like, I'm letting this person go. (laughs) Like, out of your life. (laughs) Yeah. Like, excommunicated. Yeah. (laughs) But I think it was always because I – there was other things that I didn't like about them. Okay. That, like – this was not the final straw, but this was enough that I said, like, I'm not going to, like, develop this friendship any farther. Okay, yeah. Like, maybe not necessarily cut them out, like, never talking to you again. <laughs> but, like, I'm not going to try and make this a thing. And mm-hmm. most of the time it's always been kind of just, like, acquaintances from college or, like, people I knew in high school. So the friendships weren't really strong to begin with. Right. But I've never had someone who I was, like, getting to know or someone I knew really well who all of a sudden I was like, wow, this person believes in completely different values than I do. Mm. What am I going to do? Yeah. Well, in the scenario you gave me with Sharon from work. (laughs) So we're at this barbecue joint. CNN is on. She starts just going on and on about the fake news. And my instant reaction is like, oh, no. No, Sharon. Sharon, why? (laughs) (laughs) From that moment, I would probably start distancing myself from her. Um, With political views, I find in this like day and age, it's a sore subject for many people, especially when you're conversing with someone who doesn't share your same views. And it can be really hard to have a civil conversation. And if I found out that Sharon from work was essentially like the complete opposite to me and didn't share those same values, I would find it really hard to get close to her or want to want to be around her because I don't know, I guess there's just like a certain part of that that gives me an indicator of who she is as a person. Yeah, exactly. Whereas, you know, I've I've only seen this one side of her for so long and then all of a sudden just like completely switches it's like a light has been turned on and mm-hmm. I don't like what I see so maybe at that point I might decide you know what we're not really meant to be friends so now's my time to just like reel it back and you know we're just co-workers that sort of thing yeah but like just because someone doesn't share the same views as you politically um I'm trying to like tread lightly because 
Uh, this is a hot topic for many people, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but I just want to say, like, just because someone does not share the same political views as you right now doesn't mean they're a bad person forever. No. Okay. You know, people can sometimes uh, be enlightened. All right. So just, you know, take all of that in, in, into consideration. I feel very awkward talking about politics if you couldn't tell. So, yeah, there we go. Yeah. And I totally agree because there's people who who I know that have had that development, you know, mm-hmm. and, and I'm glad that they have. And in this scenario, like when she would start talking about CNN and fake news or whatever, mm-hmm. I wouldn't like immediately be like, I have to leave. <laughs> I'm like going to get up and walk out of this restaurant. Sorry, Sharon. I've got to go. Because <laughs> I would like say – I would – like, I'm just the kind of person who would be like, why do you think that? Like, yeah, I would probably be like, uh, you're wrong, <laughs> which would probably not be the, be the best thing to say. But right. like, I would want to, like, try to figure it out and, like, mm. stay friends. But, like, it would be an indicator that they're, you know, if I don't deal with this now, something might blow up in, like, in a future point, you know? Yeah, totally. And I think on the opposite side, maybe Sharon – you know, just found out that you're a liberal and she's like, oh, oh my gosh, she's such like, I don't know, a, a hippie and she doesn't take anything seriously. She only wants like handouts or whatever else, you know, that typical they stuff. Say. And, um, you know, she might have the same sort of uh, internal monologue that you're having. Like, yeah. I can't be friends with this person because they are completely different Mm -hmm. to me and everything has changed now so yeah Hmm. I think with for me how I view politics I view it as very the core of who you are like you can find out a person about what a person values based on how they view politics um whether and it can be different depending on the like issue Uh but like at the end of the day like I can learn a lot about a person and I I view politics very like you cannot separate yourself from politics. Mm -hmm. Literally everything you do is political. Yeah. Obviously, lots of people have a different viewpoint than that, but that's how I view it. So that's why for me, politics has such a – an important thing. And and to be quite crystal clear with everyone listening, like obviously I'm liberal. Like I'm – well, I'm progressive. I'm a progressive – but most of my family, these people that I love, are conservative. And, it, and it's hard <laughs> yeah. to know that. But it doesn't stop me from loving them. So, like, right. there's obviously that, like, gray area when you – Yeah, I get you. you know. Anyway, just wanted to be clear with that. <laughs> <laughs> but moving on from politics because that's definitely, like – Oh, my God. I was going to move on from politics, too. Oh, my God. Look at us. <laughs> hosting that's what we're doing <laughs> but it, co- it kind of goes along with the same idea of politics is there anything for you besides politics that you're like oh my god this is a non-starter when it comes to uh friends like you find out that they have this crazy opposing viewpoint um oh, geez i'm trying to think of like what someone might say to see if like oh yeah i would think the same thing and i'm really drawing blanks like um, oh, you know what? If someone told me they hated Moana, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's it. We cannot be friends. Or, I mean, like, maybe, like, they just hate Moana because they've never seen it sort of thing. Or, like... Oh, my God. I get that with Harry Potter. <laughs> oh, my God, yeah. That's a big thing for me. But, I mean, for me, it's kind of just like, well, you know... You either read Harry Potter when you were growing up or not, and that's fine. But, like... For me, like, Moana is my favorite movie. It makes me cry every single time. (laughs) I love it so much. And so I feel like you either just haven't seen Moana or you liked it or you love it. You can't hate it if you're going to be my friend. I'm sorry. If you hate Moana, we have very different uh, views and we just (laughs) we can't work. We can't work. Like if someone's like, I'm anti Moana. 
I hate it so <laughs> much. <laughs> like, oh, Moana, Maui, oh, they all are just terrible. I can't stand it. I'd be like, get out of my house <laughs> now. <laughs> it's like really hard to think of someone who would be like that, but I know that there's people out there. I know. Isn't that sad? It is. Where's the joy in your life? Yeah. They probably get it from hating Moana. You and my niece would get along really well. I bet. <laughs> she loves Moana. <laughs> is she like a year old now? Maybe two? She'll be two in February. Aww. <laughs> yeah. Um, what about you? Um You did mention Harry Potter. Is there anything else? Yeah, I think sometimes when Hamilton? No, no. I mean, there's tons of people. Like, I wish more people would watch Hamilton or listen to Hamilton, like, to get the chance to know it. And I think that's a lot for a lot of things, like, with Harry Potter, like... They've got to give it a chance. Yeah, you... With things that are so, like, big, like, people love, Mm -hmm. for me, it's just hard for me to understand why someone would just be like, I'm just not gonna bother. (laughs) Like, this is such, like, a cultural moment or cultural phenomenon phenomenon, and Mm -hmm. you're like choosing not to participate in it i'm like why well like what about you (laughs) so saying that um do you feel like game of thrones falls into that category (laughs) i do feel that way about people who don't like game of thrones but it's definitely not something that i would be like (laughs) i'm not gonna be friends with you (laughs) yeah i mean it's pretty obvious that clearly like I'm totally a Game of Thrones expert so I know what you mean Mary and like anyone who doesn't watch Game of Thrones like excuse me get out of my life like am I right I mean I definitely feel stronger about that with Harry Potter really yeah I think I'm like it's I just I'm like you have every opportunity in the world to watch yeah And, and it's not even that it's like the people who haven't watched or read I'm like who are you like if you don't like reading I get it yeah but there's like a lot of movies (laughs) there are so many movies but quick tangent on reading after going to university I was just like books are expensive I'm never reading for fun again because I hate reading it's expensive it's time consuming and everyone's just making me read stuff I don't want to read so I totally get why maybe People don't like reading these days. Yeah. Just becomes unenjoyable. But you do read. I do. I do read now. I found stuff that, uh, well, actually, I think the reason why I started reading more recently, as in like in the last like year or so, is because I just wanted to unplug from the internet and just, you know, yeah, get some, some downtime with my Stephen King novels. Escapism. Yes, it's a it's a big part of life. <laughs> I mean, this is definitely a tangent we've gone on, but I find books to be the best form of escapism. Mm. Like you said, I can't unplug as much if I'm watching a TV show or a movie. Right. But I could start reading a book and set the book down seven hours later and be like, where am I? <laughs> yeah, totally. Like, just to keep the tangent going a little longer. Um, I don't get the same sort of thing with film or TV shows. Because I'm often multitasking, Mm. especially if I'm just watching something casually. Like, for instance, Gossip Girl, my fave, I'm doing something else at the same time. Whereas with a book, I'm totally absorbed. That's it. Mm -hmm. Anyway, back to opposites attracting. Yeah. So in terms of like personality types, Mm -hmm. you and I have both taken the Myers-Briggs personality test, correct? Right. Yes. And, And what is your result? I am an INTJ. And I believe that... I'm an INFJ. So, so <laughs> we're pretty similar, but yeah. like if you don't know about Myers Briggs, it's what are the all the letters? So it's introvert extrovert. Uh-huh. Then it's intuition versus the other. Um sensing? Is it S? I think so, yeah. And then feeling versus uh thinking and the last one is Judging versus. Oh, no, maybe I'm an INTP. Oh, perception, perceiving. Mm, I think I kind of I think I go between a couple of them. Okay, because like, yeah, I'm I'm very judgmental. Like, I'm sorry, everybody. Sorry to shatter your illusion of me. (laughs) (laughs) 
But yeah, I'm, I might be an INTP or an INTJ or an INFJ. Okay. Like between all of those. Yeah. Okay. So sometimes you and I are like, we're clicking. It's great. And then sometimes I'm like, Mary, I'm, I'm sorry, but like, this isn't working. <laughs> I feel that it's not working. No, just kidding. Just kidding. Well, from your initial type. Like the only difference between us was that I was thinking and you were feeling, which yes. for anyone listening to this podcast, I think they would immediately probably be like, yeah. And I feel <laughs> that you would be correct about that. Get it? You said, I think, and I said, I feel. <laughs> it's so great. Um, wow. We're really good at this. <laughs> have you had any, um, like, any friends who are like pretty much the direct opposite of your personality type? Um, like extroverted, sensing, uh, feeling, and what's the P? Perceive or, or perceiving or whatever it is. I know you. You Purposeful. get it. <laughs> yeah. What? For those of you who are like Myers Briggs, like crazies, we're sorry. We're really effing this one up, but it's fine. <laughs> Most people, in terms of the types, you don't usually know people's types. Mm-hmm. So we have friends who are introverts or extroverts, but I would say that most of my friends are introverted. So with that, like, I would definitely say that most of my friends are feeling, but to be fair, my type, like exactly my type is like the rarest or the second rarest and uh, it's the rarest among women. Mm. So there aren't a lot of people who share what I have in general. Yeah. <laughs> Although I do have a lot of people that say I would not be an introvert, but we'll just leave that there and let those people stew in their anger. <laughs> well, I've definitely had some friends who have been like super outgoing and just like the life of the party. They totally get I don't know. It's like they get a power up from just being in the spotlight. And that's not to say that like because they're so different to me, we couldn't get along. Mm -hmm. But I would actually say that, you know, in many ways they kind of uh, helped me step out of my comfort zone, you know. True. And just like, I don't know, go to things I wouldn't necessarily find myself interested in going to. Whenever you have like an opposite personality type as a friend, they help you – you know, do different, like, they just help you do different things in general. Like, right. they pull you out of your comfort zone, which is good. Mm-hmm. And if you do have a friend that's an opposite, like, that's a really positive thing about it. But also, sometimes, if we're talking about extroverted people, they rub me the wrong way. Yes. Sometimes <laughs> I, I'm like, honey, you need to chill out. They can be a bit annoying, yeah. you know? Yeah. And that made me think of the like long lasting friendships I've had over the years. And I really feel like most of them haven't been totally opposite to me, you know, like, we've shared a lot of the same sort of personality traits, um, you know, with a few key differences, like maybe they like something I don't like, or um, they're just a little more outgoing than I am. But overall, I think the friends I've had who've been really extroverted and like, extra, (laughs) they haven't been as like strong of friendships. Yeah. And I don't know whether that's related to just like opposites attracting. Like maybe it has something to do with the initial attraction, but it's short lived, you know? Right, right. Hmm. Which is like a really good point you bring up. Yeah. That opposites attract, but they could be easily like pulled apart. Yeah. And if we think of that about it as like a magnet or whatever, mm-hmm. like if you pull two magnets far enough apart, they will no longer attract to each other. Right. That's a great point. And that leads me on to like my friends at university. It was a a big group and I've talked about this a few times, but basically everyone was like really close and um, I would say a very uh, charismatic outgoing group. And then I moved away and everything changed for me and my relationship with this group And so I feel like that magnet analogy uh, really works for this Mm -hmm. because, you know, if you just put enough time and distance between two people, any two people, really, it's harder to maintain that relationship. But if you're already so different as people, you know, it 
is easier to just say, eh, we weren't that close or eh, they were completely different to me. So eh, chalk it up to a loss, you know? Mm-hmm. Something that I, I wanted to bring up but kind of forgot um, when we were talking about politics is <laughs> this is more to do with like when people are married <laughs> and they have like different political views. Really? But like what I do for my job is sometimes I like knock on – I have to knock on people's doors and like talk about politics to them, <laughs> which is like – it's like religion, but it's not. <laughs> <laughs> and I've gotten a couple people where like it'll be the wife or the – husband that answers and they're like oh yeah i'm a i'm a republican but my wife she's a democrat and i'm just like wow what (laughs) how and they're like we just don't talk about it i'm like oh my god how (laughs) like it's just hard for me to like think of like two friends Mm -hmm. that would be like best friends and they have like completely opposite viewpoints on something so like fundamental about like their values like that it just they choose not to bring it up. I'm like that's a whole section of your life that you're just like yeah. But I guess it worked for like a long time, but mostly I feel like that was like women being subordinate like you're just not allowed to have political views hmm. sort of thing. Well, my husband and I a few years ago had something similar where we had I guess you could call it like opposing views. So, I decided I wanted to be a vegetarian for a year. And I did that. And then um, my husband was like, I, I'll do it too. And so he started it and he was like, I'm just going to do it for a year though. And I'm going to go back to normal, go back to eating meat. And I was like, really annoyed at him that he was going to do that because like he really enjoyed being a vegetarian. And I was like, that's just so annoying and so wasteful too. Cause like, we had saved so much money by, you know, not buying meat. And also we both felt a lot, a lot better just in general, um, not to like get up on my soapbox about vegeta- vegetarianism, but cause that's not what this is about, <laughs> but it's a really good example. Yeah. Cause like I know of a couple where one of the people in the couple, they're vegetarian, but their partner eats vegetarian at home. But when they go out, they order like a burger or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, <sighs> How do you do that, you know? Because I get that people like what they like, but Mm -hmm. I don't know. In like a partnership, it doesn't really make sense to me why why you wouldn't – I don't know. I I don't even have the words for this because I'm just like confused about it. I feel like the eating out aspect, that's a really good compromise for the situation though. Right, yeah. But like I don't know. It's wait. So is Pappy eating meat now? No, no. He's a vegetarian, and we both really like it. And like, to be fair, the only like meat that I've ever missed is Popeye's chicken. Like <laughs> that is it because it's the best fried chicken in the world. Well, good thing you live in England. <laughs> no, because there's no Popeyes here. But um, like apart from that, I just guys, I love potatoes, broccoli, carrots. It's all so good. And that's like my main diet. So it's totally fine. I need you to come cook for me because I like have eaten so many hamburgers in the last oh like God, four Mary. weeks. <laughs> like that's got to be tough on your budget. Like <laughs> that was the main thing. Like I don't have a budget. <laughs> Just it is what it is. Yeah. Life is hard. <laughs> yeah. But also another thing with couples is like you usually agree on the same sort of stuff like Maybe you're going over your bills or your finances. You're agreeing on these sort of things. And maybe you make compromises and stuff like that. But that's not like a moral question. It's like, Mm -hmm. okay, how much do we want to pay off on the credit card this month? Or um, how much do we want to put away in savings for Christmas? It's not like, do you you hate animals? Or (laughs) like do you hate women it's it's just like we have we have this money what are we doing with it you know um so I think that (laughs) I can't believe I just like said those things but you know um I mean I don't hate animals just so we're all aware no Mary I wasn't saying that you do (laughs) I know I know I know I'm not offended at all don't worry okay good good I hope um 
you listeners out there who do eat meat are not offended as well. I'm just using this as an example of maybe a conversation my husband and I might have had. Uh, <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, that's really strange. Um, I don't get how people can like live together and just not talk about a subject that maybe one of them is passionate about or they're both Mm -hmm. passionate about but in the opposite way like if it were me I would be really frustrated and I I think I would bottle it up so much until I would explode so uh, geez and also like I get it (laughs) look at it this way too like these people they're married they've been together for a while they obviously value one another's opinions and trust each other why can't they value each other's opinions in a political aspect and like listen to what they're saying because one may be like black people are second-class citizens right (laughs) and so why can't that person listen to the opposite side saying no they are not and here is like why you're wrong yeah you know that's that's the part i don't get it's like i don't know but then they want to feel the exact they want to have the same courtesy shown to them Mm. but when it comes to some things it's like I'm sorry, mm-hmm. but no. <laughs> like, I'll listen to you, but there's no way in hell I'm ever supporting what you believe. Not like most people don't believe that, but like underlying – never mind. We're not going to get into this. Yeah, we should We should probably take a break because <laughs> – I'm leaning away from the mic. I'm like, stop it, Mary. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to discuss a little bit of research and find out if there's any actual science to back up – whether or not opposites attract in relationships. So stay tuned. Hey guys, it's Sienna here. Thank you so much for tuning in to episode 18 of Make New Friends. I only have a few announcements for you this week, so let's just dive right on into the deep end. Just, you know, off the springboard, all the way down. <laughs> As you guys know by now, we don't pay to advertise the podcast in any way. So if you like what we're doing here at Make New Friends, make sure you spread the good, good word. Y'all know what I'm talking about. You could tell your lawyer. You could also tell maybe your landlord or even possibly your electrician all about this really awesome podcast about friendship. Just, you know, let them know all about Make New Friends. And it's a pretty good icebreaker. You know, there's a lot of incentive there. You might even become pals with them. Who knows? Uh, But don't forget that you can also drop us a little review on iTunes, which not only helps the podcast grow, but it also makes it easier for other people to find out about Make New Friends, too. Win-win all around, am I right? The next episode of Make New Friends will be out on November 22nd. And with that, let's get back to the episode. Welcome back, everybody. So now we're going to talk about some research. We have yes. two big articles here. Yeah. I think it's two studies. Two studies that are like real studies. Yes. Legit. Legit. Too legit. Yeah, too legit to quit. Um, so basically, the first one is titled Opposites Do Not Attract Social Status and Behavioral Style Concordances and Discordances Among Children and Peers Who Like or Dislike Them. And it was published in the Journal of Abnormal Child Psychology. So I'm basically going to talk through this abstract because it's got some terms that I think are kind of unique to this situation and this topic. So let's just dive right in. So homophily, a term used to describe the tendency to associate with similar others, serves as a basis for attraction among children. The converse may also be true. Dissimilarity appears to contribute to dislike. In one of the only published studies to examine homophily and its converse, D.W. Nangle, C.A. Erdley, and J.A. Gold in 1996 found that children were liked by peers who were similar to them in social status and behavioral style and disliked by peers who were dissimilar to them in social status and behavioral style. So Mm. examining gender influences, uh, they were only able to partially replicate their findings in the present study. That is, evidence of homophily was found only for girls. In contrast, dissimilarity contributed to dislike for both genders, but was especially evident for boys. 
With respect to age, pro-social behavior appeared to have a more positive valence among younger girls, whereas aggressive behavior appeared to have a more negative valence among older boys. Attempts to reconcile these findings with those of the Nangle et al. from 1996 investigation and the implications for understanding peer processes, gender influences, and behavior problems are discussed in the in the article. So, whew, a lot to take in. <laughs> so, initial reaction. Okay, initial reaction. One, I realized that um, we didn't talk about, like, how... Like, social status um, mm-hmm. was, like, a big thing for me in this. Uh, so immediately I actually thought about um, racial things, like how people um, who are in the same racial group tend to uh, stick together. And it's often because they have similar upbringings, uh, similar culture, similar uh, values. Mm-hmm. And that's not something that we talked about. I mean, it could be – it's – within the under layer of the political talk but like it is something that's like super prevalent in our society yeah and it is something that could definitely be discussed like at length Mm -hmm. um but also the gender things we also didn't talk about how genders tend to stick together as well yeah and it it is for the same reasons is that we experience a lot of the same things so we are very more understanding but what about you there's first thoughts yeah i found it really interesting um because, you know, we hear all the time, like, oh, opposites attract. Like, you just got to find someone that's going to push you out of your comfort zone and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, this study shows that more times than not, people that are more similar get on better. And I found it also really interesting that with boys, they got more aggressive and that just... I feel really bad uh, for no like reason for me to feel bad, but yeah, it just must suck to, I don't know, have a distrust of someone who isn't like you or to feel like you can't be friends with someone because you guys aren't the same. So I found that really interesting too, um, how there was um, just a difference between females having a more well-rounded group, but still having, Mm. uh, you know, the bit of similarity and dissimilarity. But for boys, it seemed like you were either similar or you were an enemy, you know? Yeah. And it's interesting that it's only found in girls, the homophily. Yeah. This was the study that was done in 1996, or was this their study? I believe this is an abstract of the 1996 survey. Okay, got it. So it's pretty out of date uh but i do think like in children this sort of stuff is pretty normal Mm -hmm. actually oh my gosh dissimilarity contributed to dislike for both genders but homophily was only found for girls and homophily is a term used to describe the tendency to associate with similar others so I don't understand how homophily was only found for girls if the boys... Yeah, that's what I'm wondering. I feel like maybe they worded it a little confusingly. Maybe they just mean in terms of like the polars of the research. Mm -hmm. Like with girls, it was just so strong. Okay. Where with boys, it was less strong. I don't know. I would actually have to read the entire study, which is like not something I will do. Yes. <laughs> to um because these things tend to be like 30 pages long and most of them are like charts and stuff. Mm. Uh but I I mean I love this. I'm I'm having a ball with this. <laughs> I could sit here and think about it for a while. <laughs> yeah, I think the important thing to take away is that they found that children were liked by peers who were similar to them in both social status and behavioral style. Mm -hmm. Um, So that just shows that, like, for instance, to give an example, if you were popular and outgoing and your friend was popular and outgoing, they would like you. But if you, for instance, were not popular and not outgoing, they wouldn't like you. So, yeah. Yeah. And it, and it leads to why there's things like cliques oh in God, high school and, like, friend groups that, like, seem impossible to get – become a part of. Yeah. It's, like, sometimes you're just not, like – you're not in the same social yeah. status or, like, you don't behave like them because maybe you're a normal person and not, like, a mean person, you know? <laughs> yeah, and, like, when you're a kid, you feel like, 
oh, if only I had this backpack or this uh, lunchbox, then I, I would be a part of the cool kids, you know? Yeah. Because then it's like a, a social status symbol. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next research I want to bring up is from 1997, so still around the same sort of time frame, and it's called When Do Opposites Attract? Interpersonal Complementarity Versus Similarity, and it was pub- published. Published. <laughs> it was published in the Journal of Personality and Social Psychology, and basically, so there are two experiments in this, uh, so I'll just, I'll try and, I'll read through it, we'll discuss it. Okay. So, Two experiments examined whether interpersonal complementarity or similarity influences people's satisfaction with dyadic interactions. So participants in complementary partnerships, so submissive people with dominant partners, dominant people with submissive partners, reported more satisfaction than did those with similar partners. Mm. In study number one, uh, complementarity referred to the match between the participants' self-reported interpersonal style, whether they're dominant or submissive, and the role enacted by a confederate, dominant or submissive. And in study two, participants interacted in pairs, and complementarity referred to the match between one participant's interpersonal goals and the other's overt behavior. Participants whose goals were complemented by their partner's behavior were more satisfied with the interaction than those whose goals were not. In both studies, satisfied participants perceived their partners as similar to themselves. So, what did, what did you get from that? I threw a lot at you, but what'd you get? Yeah, okay. So, I'm going to start from the end because that's where we just left off. Okay. Um, one, it's really interesting that partners perceive themselves as similar even though though they were not so often we may be thinking that we're similar Mm -hmm. like obviously this talked about uh romantic partnerships um and we're coming from more friendships so some of this might not necessarily relate uh, because it's like two people partners that they're talking about Mm -hmm. but it's interesting that people don't realize that they're like the submissive or the dominant in the relationship depending on their behavior um also the fact that that dominant and submissive partnership does exist because immediately it had me thinking about like gender and why like a partnership is seen by society as a whole as between a man and a woman one is definitely dominant over the other in like a cultural language uh so i mean i would like to see some other research very like i would see like to see this study replicated Mm -hmm. and see if people came up with similar outcomes yeah especially more currently this is like 20 years ago so right right and like this is probably done between partners that are male and female yeah and we don't know what this would be if it was between you know a lesbian couple or a gay couple um yeah so it could be completely different and or maybe we just don't know like obviously from this little excerpt we don't know if they were like male female partners they could have been both right it's just it's not clear but then also like how do you keep that if they do how did they keep like a constant since there was like obviously social pressure like yeah there's a lot (laughs) no I get you I think this study stood out to me because of the end part about how both participants perceived their partners to be similar to themselves Mm -hmm. and I think that's really interesting because you know this whole study is talking about complementary partnerships and at the end it turns out that you know if you're looking at this partnership it may be very very evident that um it's a yin and yang sort of thing there's a give and a take Mm -hmm. but when you interview the partners it might just be like it's it's all a circle it's not split you know we're we're the same yeah and um speaking from my personal experience my husband and I, I feel like we work so well that I could totally see us being like the same, the same entity. Uh, that sounds a little creepy, but um, we just, <laughs> we just operate that way. But I will say there are so many times where he like pushes me out of my shell or he will do this thing that I really just don't want to do because I'm anxious. 
and vice versa. Like, he doesn't want to do this chore or he uh, he just wants to play video games. And I'm like, no, you've got to do this thing you said you would do. <laughs> so there's definitely that push and pull. Um, but that's not to say that we're dissimilar or that like I'm the dominant person in the relationship or that he's the submissive person because it is quite equal. Um, but I'm, I'm sure that if you looked at it sort of black and white, you might think, well, he's he's extroverted, she's introverted. Uh, That's clearly an indicator of the dominant submissive complementary partnership. Yeah. But, um, you know, interviewing the couple, you might find out something completely different. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. It's hard to separate the, like, with the words dominant and submissive, Mm -hmm. we have to kind of, like, think of it very basically yeah and not just about like someone is more powerful than the other right but also like you said that someone is more like you can kind of view it as more like extroverted introverted yeah those aren't like the best words to substitute them for um you kind of have to find a middle between that like power and that like outgoingness yeah it's like a really fuzzy, its own word that should probably be made up because that's the thing that science can do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Other than that, do you have any other thoughts about this? Uh, these two studies? No, I like them. I really like the term complementary and complementarity mm, yeah. in reference to this subject because it's not like my husband and I are opposites. We complement each other. And I think that... If you are, for instance, looking for uh, a friendship and you're like, oh, this person's so different to me, maybe like look at it as do they compliment me? Uh, Do we build each other up? And that sort of thing. Um, And it doesn't have to be a romantic relationship. Hello, like friends build each other up all the time. Yeah. And I think that that's a really cool thing to look out for in a person. Um, And I think... You know, more friendships could be complimentary, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, speaking of that, let's end with... Because I think sometimes as a society and as a whole, we view people who are opposites as, like, more negative than people who are similar. Yeah. So, let's leave off with some positives about being opposite from someone. Why a friendship can have opposite aspects. Yeah. So first, I can go um, if you want. <laughs> like we've mentioned a couple times, you both bring something different to the table. So you can both um, help each other grow or push each other to do new things, mm-hmm. which is the next point. <laughs> yes. Thanks, It kind of just leads right into the other. <laughs> yeah. So like we've said, um, you push each other out of your comfort zone. And this is so helpful for me. I hate taking that first step, but uh It's really, really great to know I've got like a support system behind me. So I always value when a friend encourages me to try something new or, you know, make that phone call that you're dreading. You know, it's good to know Mm. that if I end up crying, I've got someone to talk to about it. (laughs) True. Next is that you improve because you're able to recognize each other's weaknesses. So you are able to say, like, I see that you do this Mm -hmm. and this might not be the best. Maybe like it's like that one time I called you out for being judgy. Yes, exactly. (laughs) It's like sometimes you don't even know that you're doing something and your friend can spot it from a mile away. Yeah. So it's really helpful to have someone be like, oh. I noticed this thing, Mm, just wanted to bring it to your attention. Exactly. The next point is very similar, but very important. And it's that your strengths are their weaknesses and vice versa. So obviously, like, if you're very introverted, your friend is super extroverted, maybe they're actually tiring themselves out without realizing it by doing all of this stuff. And you can recognize that because that happens to you on the regular. Mm -hmm. So you might be able to say to them, hey, take some time off, like slow down and vice versa. You know, they might see that you're spending too much time by yourself and you need to just, you need to get outside. You need to 
see somebody. Yeah. Um, so it's it's a really nice sort of cycle that you could find yourself in. Yeah, but the recognition part is super important. Yes. You need to be recognizing it. And if you aren't recognizing it, like – You're not getting anything from it. Yeah, and just pay more attention to your friends. Yeah. If you aren't seeing – even the slightest difference between maybe you're between someone you know that you're friends with, maybe you're not as good of friends as you thought you were. Yes. Because you aren't able to see that like nuance in their personality. Yeah. And we've said this so many times, like communicate, reach out. And especially if you're noticing that your friend is like going through something, maybe they're stressing themselves out, they're overworking, you know, reach out and say like, hey, do you need to talk? Do you need do you need me? Is there anything I can do? Because, you know, they could probably use a friend. Right. Uh, next point is that you two are never going to be bored. Nope. Because there's <laughs> always something new. I could force Sienna to sit and watch Game of Thrones for hours, you know? And she would probably hate me, but she wouldn't be bored. <laughs> I can't even think of, like, what I would do to, like, torture you. Mary. I can think of a couple things. Um, It'd probably be something like make me watch scary movies. Oh, yes. Okay. All right. Scary movie marathon with Mary. And then I'll watch Game of Thrones. That's like, that's our pact. Okay. Okay. You put me in terror and then I'm like, oh, this is something comfortable. And and I feel at home with all this murder (laughs) instead. Yes. Both will involve murder. Wow. Look at us. Perfect. Um, The last point is that the relationship is always complimentary and not competitive. So again, compliment each other. Say, you look great today. And they'll say, you know what? You look good too. Look at us. Let's take a selfie. Um, Like that sort of complimentary. Like you're building each other up. You're not tearing each other down because, oh, Teresa looks so good. I have to compete with her because uh, she just looks better than me. You know, say like, Teresa, girl, your hair is as big as your heart. Oh my God, where did you get that bracelet? (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I I love how you went for the bracelet. I went for, you know, complimenting her huge oversized heart. (laughs) She has a problem. (laughs) Oh geez, okay. Anyway. Well, I think that we've reached our limit. Yeah, that was the episode on Opposites Jack. Yeah. Hope it was helpful. (laughs) Thank you for listening to Make New Friends. Do you have a story about friendship you'd like to share? You can email us at makenewfriendspodcast at gmail.com or you can hit us up on Twitter and Facebook at newfriendspod. Special thanks to our producer, Alex Papworth, and music by Max Wallace. For show notes, research, blog posts, and more, head on over to makenewfriendspodcast.com and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.